0: declaration it's not some ritualistic thing but it's something that we start out by saying this is the time set aside God's gonna speak right into my heart amen well I'm excited this evening to be able to share with you something that I've actually seen in my mind's eye and my spirit man for about three months and I've put a title on there you can see it on the screen I've got my notes But God told me to do it a little bit different, so I'm going to kind of go with the notes. And at times I'll come back and I might look like a traditional preacher, but there's going to be some moments where I kind of act out some things. Is that all right? Kind of maybe do sort of a drama presentation, if you will, an illustrated sermon. But tonight I can already see the Holy Spirit's already geared up and lined us up to hear this same message because it's already come out in two or three voices, in two or three ways. And it's confirmation to me, so I'm very excited about it. Uh, Just want to just tell you that title there, Dragging Around or Pressing Forward. I think we already know what the theme is for the next year, and I feel like this message is a confirmation. God's been working it in my mind and in my spirit. Let's just pray right now. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for everything you've blessed us with, not just today, but for this year. The year of 2023 has gone by so quickly. There's been great change in some lives, in my life. There's been, there's been a move, there's been a transition, there's been a, uh, an uplifting, there's been an undergirding, there's been a strengthening. And I feel like in each way, each family represented, each person represented here tonight could say similarly, Lord, you have been good to us in 2023. And we know your nature. We know how you provide for your children. We know that you are a God who remains the same. You are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So we... Lord, come to you expectant tonight as 2024 is upon us. And as we are gathered together in a few moments to have a a, a practice of Holy Communion where we announce again and proclaim your death until you return again, your resurrection until you return again for your church triumphant. And Lord, we're excited and expectant. And we look today to what your word has to say. Well, as they were walking along, somebody said to Jesus, said, hey, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, okay, uh, well, you know, foxes have holes. Birds have the, of the air have their nests. And the Son of Man have nowhere to lay his head. And they said, follow me, Jesus said. And he said, well, Lord, let me first go and let me bury my father. I got, I, got, I got business I got to tend to. So Jesus said to him, well, you can leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, you go and you proclaim the kingdom of God. And yet another said, Lord, I'll follow you. But, but first, let me go say bye to some of the folks that are at the house. And uh, you know, let me straighten up some personal things first. And Jesus replied to him and he said, No one who put his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And it made me stop and think when I heard those words about how we try and move forward carrying things. And we get the burdens of this life. They're they're priorities. Make no mistake, they're important things. Don't get me wrong. There's something that we could even say is a responsibility. But we can get bogged down in the cares of this life, so we think, "Well, I won't look backward." But what I will do, because this thing is important, I'll make sure, and it's uh, you know it's within arm's length, and I'll have it somewhere where, if I need to refer to it or tend to it, I can, I can kind of hold on as needed, and and uh, so I won't be looking backward where I'm of no use. But I'll still, uh, I'll be able to follow the Lord like this, and. Man, that sure is irritating my legs. It's kind of becoming a nuisance. And uh, and I'm not looking backward. I'm looking ahead. I'm doing, you know, the the letter of the law, so to speak. I'm doing exactly what he said. And, And, you know, I know Jesus is not begrudging my responsibility to my family. And he's not saying that those things are not important. But it was like it was a warning to me. Of the ease of distraction. I already told you it was irritating my legs. And the excuses that can come to prohibit our following him wholeheartedly. You know, actually, this thing has already become a little bit cumbersome, and I'm already trying to find a way to cut it loose. Uh, I don't know if I can do both. Um, Well, I don't know. I'll just leave it alone. I guess if, if it's God's will for me to really let it go, it'll fall off. You know, I'll just keep pursuing and following the Lord, and it it won't matter. You know, people might say stuff, and people might think certain things about me, but, you know, the sentiment of my heart is, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And it's a very noble sentiment. You know, I feel a sense of nobility almost because of the humility of it. I'm subjecting myself to Christ, but almost of the, you know, in the human nature, I'm like, I'm going to follow and do what Christ wants. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to do. This is a noble cause. But then the Lord asks us literally sometimes to follow him into uncharted or unfamiliar or seemingly unprepared areas or stations of life even. And we don't recognize in those moments sometimes that he equips the called and the called need only to answer the call. Oh, I put that down because I was busy pursuing the Lord a little bit more, but I know I need to come back and tend to this because it was important. And, um, you know, it reminds me as I honor this part of my family that was so important to me, I, I remember oh, man, I remember those good memories. I remember that the time when I was a kid, and I was just following the things that I was taught, you know. I was raised in a Christian home, and I was raised in, a, in an environment that, was very happy to see me have achievements. And I was encouraged to to be the good Raw Ranger, you know, to be the good Sunday school uh, classmate or student. And and I was encouraged to to study up real hard and and know my memory verse for Children's Church. And and man, it got to the point where every single time they said, if you need to come to Jesus and get your heart right with God, well, i would make sure I was there. I mean, I came home one Sunday morning excited and I said, Dad, Dad, I got saved today for the 13th time. And that's a prized possession for me. It's a memory that I'll never forget. And, and Lord, surely it's okay to hold on to that because that's, that's a precious memory. But Lord, I, I know that in your word I see you also are basically telling us to choose your way because it's not necessarily burdensome, but I don't know, life has these stations and these events. And I, I man, I liked those accolades that I got. I, I mean, I, I still have them. They're just made out of some type of plastic and they got little pushpins on the back and you know, we used to wear them on our vest. We'd stand, little boys would stand in front of a council of men and then we were terrified. But we would recite the things that we had learned by memory and I remember <laughs> I remember one of them told me one time, if you're scared in that moment, just hold something. And uh, couldn't find anything to hold. But we had this little thing on our side of our leg that had beads on it. And the beads represented how many consecutive weeks we'd come. I remember we got so many beads and we'd fill up one color and it'd give us a new piece of leather to fill that up. And it would say, basically, those are single days and then these are weeks. And I remember got to where I had beads for days. Yeah, I had beads for months and years. I had colors that other kids didn't have. And what did it mean? It mean I got a little doodad, but it was, it was kind of cool looking. And it was something that I still carry with me to this day, and I hold it as an achievement. It's something that just makes sense. But sometimes holding on to the things that are behind us, even though they're good, start to get heavy. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, verses 28 through 30. And then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy, carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light. And yeah, a lot of these things don't seem very heavy. But there are certain times that I feel like there were expectations that came with these events. That I know between then and now, I have dropped the ball. I know between then, when those seemingly pinnacles of achievement were achieved, I've probably done some things to let them slip. And yeah, they're there somewhere in my memory, but I don't know if I've still got them right where they need to be. And so often, I move forward but the only way I seem to be able to keep all of my stuff in line because it's too much to hold close is just to drag it along. But i got to keep moving forward without dragging or slowing myself down. And it's not that there are things that are necessarily bad. Oh, there are things that are really heavy. There's a time when I came around the corner and somebody that was talking in hushed tones stopped talking because they saw me. And that like to killed me. Because I knew the topics may not have been me, but they might have been about my family. They might have been about things that they had seen me do. Maybe they were talking about how I was a little bad little kid. I don't know. But all of a sudden they got hushed and it was like, there was this beautiful conversation going on or at least a relationship and it was all dressed up and pretty because it was Sunday. But I couldn't obtain that because it wasn't for me. They kept it from me. Of course, the enemy has a playground in our mind and he comes at us and says, they don't want you to know because they're running you down. They don't want you to know because they're talking about you. And it's probably nothing that's true. It's probably a lie of the enemy. But you know how we are as humans. We figure, hey, I'm a friend to all, so anytime I enter the room, people all ought to be focused in and talking and discussing and incorporating me. But sometimes those burdens get so heavy, we don't even want to pick them up. We often have misconstrued ideas that only negative things really are the burden. But sometimes living up to those expectations. You know, we did it once, now do it again. I can remember years later, I was in the business world, and I was in church ministry at the same time, and I was sort of kind of in ministry in the business world because I was in a position of leadership, and I remember coming around the corner and having a similar a similar thing take place. People stopped talking when they saw me. But this time, I was a little older and a little more experienced, and I took that as, well, they hate us because they ain't us. So I picked it up anyway. I said, I'm going to hold on to that memory because that means I was doing something that they were jealous of. So I tried to take that as some kind of personal badge of honor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to add that to what I take with me because, you know, all of our experiences really make up who we are, right? We all agree on that. We seem to, We seem to say nothing we've ever gone through is not something that we can use, and we always try to see a way and figure out a way that we can use it. But then we also seem to have a consensus saying that while his burden is light, Jesus says, we feel like, well, anything worth worth having takes work. When you think of something that's heavy, it takes work to lift it. So it must be something that God wanted me to experience. So, ah, it's too much to carry, but I'll... I'll drag that along as well and make no mistake in God we do find true rest I know some of the only times I've ever had deep deep rest is when I've broken and allowed those things that hurt to actually be felt to actually come to a place where the emotions that God created me we were fearfully and wonderfully made. The emotions that he created in me were allowed to not just be somewhere, but to be on the outside and surface and come to a place of fruition where healthy tears were shed because it hurt. You know, and I'm reminded of when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was agonizing and he was asking the Father, Lord, even if it's something you could take away from me. And then he said, but nevertheless, not why my will be done, but yours, Lord. So, I don't think the Lord drug it around with him, but, you know, I'm doing the best I can, you know. The Lord created me, and I'm just me, and uh, he knows me, and he knows my heart, right? So, he wants us to understand that humility and gentleness is where the true rest is found. So, there's some things I'll hold on to about those memories of seeing those discussions take place. And, in fact, I was let in on, you know, I had a good friend I use that sparingly in quotes. A friend who filled me in on everything that was being said. And that's part of the reason I have that piece of baggage is because it was hurtful stuff. But I hold on to that because then I don't just embrace everybody anymore. And it's hard for me to show the love of Christ when you can't embrace people. Yeah, you got to guard your heart above all else, guard your heart. But man, I don't even want anybody know where my heart's located sometimes. It's easy to bear the burden that Jesus gives. It's so much lighter. And every now and again, I lean on those passages and I take heart. And the world's agendas and the tasks and all the things that come with successful living in the world's eyes and all that stuff that I'm trudging around. Man, I've kind of forgotten at this point where I'm supposed to be looking. What direction was it again that I was looking forward with my hand to the plow? I've gotten sidetracked. Well, I've got my things, and God's allowed these things to happen, so they must be there for a reason. The Apostle Paul also addressed something very important about forward progress. And when he talked about it, it was like past worries and even past achievements. Versus or, you know, compared to a blessed hope. Philippians 3, 5 through 11 He names off some of these things. He says, so I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. A real Hebrew, if there ever was one, I was a member of the Pharisees. Yeah, those guys, the actual ones you've heard of, I was one of those. And I demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. In fact, I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church people like y'all out there thinking y'all have the way now that christ is around no i was making sure some of you were put to literal death because i was sure as i was so zealous and i was harshly persecuting the church i was sure that as for righteousness i obeyed the law without fault and i once thought these things were valuable and so I had the accolades, I had the title, I had the bloodline, I had the inherent right to say and do the things that I said because I was born into it. And I'm telling you, maybe that's a little bit of my story. I told you I was born into the household of faith, born literally into the preacher's house, got to be at every church service. You know, it wasn't really an achievement for me who was always here when the doors were open because my parents had the keys to win all those beads on my belt that I was so proud to show off. That was kind of automatic. took no effort on my part. It's like you see the stories of the millionaires and billionaires that go on a large journey and they go to places like, well, Brother Wayne, you've been to Mount Kilimanjaro. When you went, did some billionaire carry you halfway up the mountain? Or did you, you climb it yourself? But there are people who will get their team and their fancy equipment and even their helicopter to take them almost to the top. So the hard work's really done for them, and then all they got to do is hop out of the ride and walk a few feet. So I've understood that some of the things that I was blessed with, I drag them around as if they're burdens, I haven't looked at them as the blessings that they really were. I haven't taken into account the things that I've let become a heavy weight. Some people would literally lose their lives over. There are countries where to know that that's a Bible that I just borrowed from the back of the sound booth. Because my other Bible, which other Bible? Number 26 or 27? My other Bible that I normally would use in this sanctuary is over at the house. It's, you know, 250 yards away. (laughs) It was too much to go get that one. I grabbed this Bible. There's people in the world tonight that they have half of one sheet. And they guard it with their lives because if they're found with it, they could lose it. I think their hands are probably on the plow and they're looking at Christ and they're moving forward. With everything, because that's all they've got. But things get so bulky sometimes we're like, well, I guess what I'll do, I don't know how stylish it's gonna be, but I gotta keep up with everybody else who told me this is what you gotta do. You know, you get to a certain point in life and you run out of room in your house, so you get storage units. Because you're supposed to keep your stuff. And I guess, you know, sometimes we say, oh, you know, that's a little bit better. Wow, that's kind of like that that passage, that yoke is easy. You know, a yoke is up front. A yoke is on the front, and the plow's kind of back and in the... So it's easier to pull, but the yoke, all the work is done at the front side. This is a little bit more fashionable as well, probably. I could probably get most of this stuff and just stick it in my backpack. And uh, I don't know about you, but, you know, when the yoke is in the front, then the next thing I have to, to... To realize it is kind of like silly dragging something else. You know, the plow is supposed to be in front of me. And then then I take the yoke of Christ on me, and it's like it's not as hard to do the work because I'm bound up with somebody else who's sharing the load, and here we are, we're moving, we're moving forward. But then Paul kind of knocks me out of the water here. He says in verse 7, I once thought these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Wait a minute, Lord, I've got all these things. These things are important, you know. I mean, even the things that hurt. You know, I learned something from them. I learned how to, you know, that's what you meant, right, by guarding my heart. I'm, 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 I'm making sure I don't trust people I shouldn't trust. Isn't that what you mean, Lord? No, I don't think that's what he means. Well, I got my pack and I got my stuff. So I guess what I'll do is I'll I'll find a way to get this and put it all inside this, this new bag here. He says he thought they were valuable, so maybe I should just put them, put them out of sight, you know, put them down in here. I stop, they're still mine. These are my experiences. This is my life. This is the things I've gone through, stuff I've even experienced in this calendar year. It's important, right? He said everything is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for His sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ. It's garbage, but I'm going to take His yoke, call me His light. It puts it in the proper relationship to me. I can stand upright. You know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to find Reuben here, and I'm going I'm I'm to just say, the Lord, because I'm taking on Your yoke, then You're going to, You're going to do some magical thing. I guess that's how we think sometimes as believers. Well, well, let's give it to Jesus. And then, but then what we really want to do is we want to put it in a different bag. And we want to still hold on to it. So I'm looking into what I have here as, as the yoke. And wait a minute. Paul put this in here? He said everything's worthless and He's counting it all as garbage. Well, this is a nice garbage bag. It smells like roses. Well, that that's a garbage bag that I could, probably, I could probably fit most of this in, you know, and it doesn't smell too bad, so I could still keep it around. I do, right? Keep it around. Uh, let me see. First, let me get all this stuff that I got tangled up. Let's see what a mess I've got here. They get to looking in this, you know, this is really... This has all got stuff that can be condensed, you know. It's just, a lot of times when we, when we tell our stories and our tales and our anecdotes, and we're sharing with people about the things in our life that we're holding sacred as, it's really just a couple little things, but we, we make it out to be something bigger. But it's, it's small enough that we can make it fit. If we get organized and prioritize this, I'm sure we can make it work. Um. Oh, here's one this one this one's colorful this one in fact the, w- the way of the world is the way of the world man it tells you that story you got a lot of mileage out of that story you should use that one a lot so I guess that's my recyclable bag I'm going to use that one a lot I'm, I seem to get a lot of uh, response out of that one and I can just keep going back and back and back and, and just fill it up again and again and again and And they did not pay for advertisement in case you see the name on the bag in the video. It just happens to be a bag that I had at the house. As an aside. Oh, here's that memory of when when the people, you know, hurt my feelings. And it reminded me of when I was younger. And it was that same feeling. And there's a little heart on there. And there's a floral. But, you know, I know what's inside. I don't even want to look. Here's, here's more of those. Wow, this was that time in my youth that I was so on fire with creativity, and I, I would draw things, and I would, man, I, I would even enter them into contests and win things, and so that's why this one's such a precious memory to me. And yet, um, I think all of that stuff, I, I kind of still have it, but it's in. Uh, It's in the back of some closet. I don't even know where it would be if I had to go and look for it right now. I've held on to it because it seems so important. But Paul says, I have discarded everything else. And he was talking about things that he was looking at as, I mean, the world saw him as the perfect, perfect Jewish citizen. He was circumcised when he was supposed to be, just like the law said. He was a pure-blooded citizen of Israel. A member of the tribe of Benjamin, I mean, the house of the ones who really kept the law. Truest Hebrew there ever was. A Pharisee, strict obedience to the law, these are accolades in his day, and here he is saying even though all that was there, so yeah, I guess I got to take the things that I won, that I thought were achievements, and I got to, you know what though? Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this stuff. Um, I could use another bag, I guess, but that's the same size I'm going to run out of. Run out, wait, 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 wait. He says, oh, so I counted it all up, and I took inventory. Oh, no, wait, that's what I'm doing. He said, for his sake, I've discarded everything. And so he's actually saying, but what about my yoke? You know, I'm trying to take my yoke, and it's, it's easier now. I think there's there's gotta be some kind of symbolic thing there, right, Lord? Lord, I don't need to package you up. You just want my heart. And Paul was right. He said everything as garbage. Well, what does he go on and say? So that I could gain Christ. Well, wait, Lord, I thought when I was putting on your yoke, I thought that when I said these things and when I did these things and I acted this part and I keep the things that are good but I throw away the things that are hurtful, that that would mean that I'm taking on the yoke of of you, but you're you're saying I got to be more like Paul saw it. So that's what the bigger bag's for? He said all of it. I counted it all as garbage. So all of it. So I guess I'll put the little stuff. And I'm not throwing away my family. I'm not I'm not gonna do that. I'm not I'm not gonna do it, but I'll throw away these uh, these cute little trinkets that I picked up along the way and I remember one, one year they <laughs> I played the role of Colonel Cudley, man. I was a cute little guy. My mom sewed my outfit and I was a little toy soldier in the gift shop singing about the, the the greatest gift that was Jesus, right? And this reminds me of it all the decorations and I even had a little stuffed uh, I guess you call him a plush. A little animal a little animal not animal, a guy, a little doll, I guess. He was he looked just like what I was dressed up as and, and see now I've done mess this up, I can't even make it work. It won't close. Maybe it's because I've been thinking too much about the details of it all. Paul says he just, what does he say? it all his garbage so he could gain Christ and become one with him. Well, that would mean, that would mean like I actually understood when I was a child. I would bring him here, put him in my heart. I, I no longer count on my own righteousness, these things. through obeying the law but rather I become righteous through faith in Christ so it's these are things that I see hold on so my family my family though precious I need to give them up because comparing that to Jesus it's not worth it it's I'd rather have Jesus I mean now talk about your family it's one of the songs my dad sang right there so, I think I agree, Dad. I'd rather have Jesus than anything, than men's applause, and silver or gold. Oh, but I can still, I can still hook it up if uh, I want. There we go. I become righteous through faith in Christ. So, Christ is in my heart, and uh, God's way of making us right with Himself depends on faith i want to know christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead i want to suffer with him sharing in his faith so that one way or another i will experience the resurrection from the dead man i imagine when when jesus came up out of that tomb and uh he walked past the stone that had rolled away i imagine that there was like not a sound in the what is that sound i imagine it was pretty quiet though i bet all the birds had scattered and Everything, in, I bet all of creation was just silent because the king of kings was walking around. What is that noise? Oh, I'm not being honest with myself. I was walking around in victory, but I was still holding on to my stuff. I need to let it go, I guess. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him sharing in his death so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead Paul, in describing these words, was not prescribing the events he was describing. It's a description to us. not so that we could say, "Hey, look at all the things that Paul did. We need some of that stuff." It was him saying, "This is what you need to understand. I let go of and denounce so that I might know who Christ is. I'm prescribing to you literal freedom. Philippians 3, 12 through 14, he says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for Christ which for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but focused on this one thing: forgetting the past. Here we go back to the forward again, and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. He didn't call me to the cross, but he went to the cross for me. He didn't call me to go to the tomb, but he rose up out of that tomb for me. All he did was call me. And he didn't say, wait, Marty, get all your stuff. He didn't say, hey, when the rapture happens... I'm going to give everybody a 20 minute notice and I want you to gather up all the stuff that's important. You're going to bring that with you to the eternal reward in heaven. No, it's all going to be bagged up and thrown away. There's something very real about losing a parent. I know many of you in here have. But it's a very eye-opening thing. We as humans gather things up that Bring us pleasure, bring us excitement, make us happy. And if our loved ones are blessed to have a life after we're gone, that's the sight they'll see more than anything. is the stuff that's left. He says, I don't mean to say I've already achieved these things or I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing. I forget the past and look forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. So what are we either looking back at Or maybe we're not looking, but we're still dragging it. Titles, accolades of men, entitlements. You know, it's my right to have these things. You know, in Christ, we we lay down our rights. Is it just the baggage of sin, guilt, and shame? Because some of that that's in there is probably things that remind me of those things as well. The lies of the enemy, definitely in there. The dead man nature from the past that used to try to figure it out on my own, I'm going to tell you something very real, and this is very, very real to me in the last two weeks. So it's not in my notes. But when you're struggling through things and you're saying, God, please show me, God, please show me, God, please show me, and he says, I don't have to show you but you're doing it again. You'll stop trying to figure things out and put them in your perfect little organized way to carry it along with you, and you'll let it go. And when a prophetic word comes from the altar that says, let it go, let it go, let it go, you'll do it. What are we carrying? Are we carrying debt that may not even be ours? It may be the debt of others. It might not be financial. It might be debts of time, debts of resources, debts of favor. Oh, I need to do this because it's just the way we do things. But it's really based on prior unreal expectations, unrealistic obligations that people put on us or assign to us, maybe unreal expectations of others in general, unfair, greed, anger, envy, Jealousy, doubt that God can, and fear that maybe God won't. Oftentimes when I've been in my life going through things, it's it's interesting in the Old Testament they would build an altar at a certain landmark so that if they ever backtracked, they would have to see that thing that God had done, resurrected there as a monument to them to remind them, And most likely, or what it should have done was stop them and get them to turn back around and go away rejoicing in the victory that he'd already done. But so many times in our modern Western civilization, Christianity, we want to say, this is my bag of goodies. God gave this to me. Nobody can take it away. He wants you to come with him even with the good stuff, definitely with the bad stuff. But here's the secret to me when I come to the Lord at the altar. I let go, and when I address him, it's with open hands because he wants to give me something that I've never had before. And if I'm busy holding on to those things, how can I receive it? How can I receive it? So what will it be in 2024? Will we be dragging backward heaviness and past worries from a position of weakness? Or will we be pressing forward ahead to Rest and our blessed hope from a position of, here's that word, Jerry, triumph, victory. I choose, and I pray you choose, the victorious route. And let the end of 2024 or 2023 be when you say, you know what? I don't even need the rope anymore. I'm letting go of it all. And I'm not going to pick it up again when I leave the altar. Now, yeah, for the purposes of this illustration, I'll take that stuff back where it needs to go. But y'all get what I'm saying tonight? I believe God showed me this about three months ago, and I didn't know when I was going to share it. But there are some heavy burdens that people carry. And a lot of times we do it because we feel like, well, God's allowed me to go through that. And yes, you can learn, but what you need to remember is who was it that gave you the victory? Who was it that gave you the triumph? Who was it that gave you the freedom? Then run with him and stop looking at the details Of what you were rescued out of I had a pastor very dear to my heart when he used to give his testimony I asked him one time pastor how come you never really talk about the sin that you were uh, taken away from he says you just got to trust me that it was sin because I'm not giving the devil any glory I'm not going into details about what it was because the point of the story is he brought me out from the miry clay he set my feet on the rock to stay if I give any Overdue praise to that lifestyle to make it look like I have some kind of testimony when others may not feel like they have something to share I robbed them of the ability to say the greatest testimony that anybody could ever say and that is I'm with Jesus I've always been with Jesus and at least since the point I found him I haven't left him and I go forward in him listen you don't have to have a bag of stuff but each one of us if we went through and did take inventory of our lives we got things we hold on to, and it hurts when we look back at it. God wants it so that you don't have to mess with it anymore. God wants you to sleep the deepest sleep you've slept in decades. God wants you to have victory. He wants you to literally say, no, Lord, I'm not going to try to do it on my own again. In 2024, it's forward in him. It's forward in him. We want more in 2024.